0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. You listen to NDE stories on NDE Radio, but what about the NDEs of folks reluctant to speak about them on the radio? How do we learn about them? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. One of the many advantages of being an IONS member is the monthly re- report of a near-death or out-of-body experience that comes to your email from the files of IONS. And though many wonderful folks are willing to come on this show and talk about their NDE or mystical experience, many are often reluctant for a variety of reasons to talk about very important understandings of what happened to them. Fortunately, many of them have provided us with written reports instead, which INS has archived for further research and study. A few weeks ago, I read some of these uh, monthly reports on the air, and your response was good. So this week, I'll continue working back through some of those monthly NDE reports. We're going to begin with a fairly long story that is the February 2016 monthly NDE that was um, sent out to the membership from IANS. It's titled, From Lightning to Enlightenment. It was midsummer 2005, and I was sitting outside on the back steps of my house, talking on the phone to a dear friend of mine who lived in Oregon. It was late in the day, and my former husband had just gotten home from work, He was an electrician at one of the plants in the area. He had walked past me as I was sitting there on the concrete steps, and it had just begun to rain. I heard thunder in the distance, so I asked him as he walked past me going into the house if it would be safe talking on a cordless phone during a storm. He said it would be fine, so my friend and I continued talking as he went into the house to change clothes. About five minutes later, I heard a loud crack, just as a lightning bolt came from the angry sky Hitting my right arm, I felt the searing pain as the lightning passed through my body, knocking me to the ground, and leaving char marks on the concrete steps where my feet were and where my rear end was on the steps. After passing through me, it traveled under the house and blew out the transformer that was directly in front of the house, rendering the entire neighborhood with no power for about four hours. I remember being in shock, feeling very strange feeling very disoriented, very disconnected. Shaking all over, I was sweating and sick at my stomach, and the pain in my arm and my chest was unbearable. I could not believe what had just happened. I was on the ground, and I felt my spirit lift up out of my body. I floated into the house, and I was looking around. Everything looked so strange. Nothing looked right. Everything had a burnt yellow color to it. Even the air had this color, and Then I noticed the furniture in the house was not my furniture. I immediately looked at the lace curtains on the windows. They were not my curtains. I was beginning to feel frightened. There was no one in the house. Where did my husband go? Where did my children go? I could not find anyone, and there was no power. The transformer was blown, yet I could hear what sounded like an old-time radio program playing. I wasn't floating anymore. I was walking. I walked through the rooms looking for whatever it was that uh, was making that sound, but I never could find it. This must have only lasted for a couple of minutes, but time seemed to stop, and things seemed to be moving in very slow motion. Then I found myself totally enfolded within the most beautiful, fluffy pink and gold clouds. They were so magnificent. I was in awe of such beauty, and I, I felt such a deep sense of peace and a sense of total and complete love. This love was just like the love I had felt before in the in the light so many years ago. It was, it was so big, so huge, so complete, so deep. I felt like every pore of my body was open, and I was soaking all of it in. I was just basking in this deep, beautiful love. I felt whole and complete and totally accepted. I had no idea what was happening. I was moving through these gorgeous clouds, and as I moved, I seemed to be moving laterally. There was not a sense of moving up or down. I could feel this huge presence all around me, such as a loving presence pouring love onto me and into me. It was a love I have no words to explain. It was so beautiful. It brings tears to my eyes, even now. Then two men appeared and stood, one on either side of me. They were young men, maybe in their early 20s or their 20s or early 30s. They were blonde haired blue-eyed, and they wore what looked like cream-colored linen clothing. There was a brilliant glow around them. They seemed to be illuminated, and their joy seemed to pour from every cell in their bodies. I noticed the linen cloth they wore was very detailed. It was a very tightly woven cloth and very soft I could see the tiny weave pattern of the linen. Why that seemed important, I do not know, but it stood out very clearly. At first I thought these men were angels, but then I realized who they were. These two men were my younger brothers who had died as babies. We were so happy to see each other. It was like a family reunion. They had beautiful smiles, and they both looked so much like my dad. I knew he would be so proud of them both. I felt at ease as they led me from the clouds to a beautiful garden which was to the left of a huge, glorious city. As I looked around I noticed that the colors were so bright and vibrant, and the air was sweet and clear. I could hear birds singing, and I heard water running, like there was a stream nearby. There were trees and flowers, and the grass was cool and soft on my feet. I felt a soft silken breeze touch my skin. As I stood in this breathtaking place, I felt a huge presence all around me, just pouring love out onto me. I felt such joy, and all I could do was stand there in awe at the beauty and the love that was all around me. By this time, I was given the information that I had died and was entering heaven. It was like an infused knowledge. It was given as a simple fact. There was no feeling of fear or shock. I felt like I was floating. It felt good, so I didn't fight it. Then, as people gathered around me for support, I was given my life review. I was shown my life. Everything I had ever said and done was shown to me. It was like watching a black and white movie on a, on a reel. There was no feeling, no judgment at all. It was right then that I learned that God does not judge us. we We judge ourselves. Standing there before him in all of his glory and perfection while we watch our lives pass in front of us, for me, all he did was love me through it. Not a word was said. It was over in a blink of an eye. It was after the life review that I heard a male voice say, What you put out into the universe will come back to you. As I stood there in the garden, I noticed once again how beautiful and brilliant the colors of the flowers, the trees, and the grass were. The reds were redder. The pink's more pink, and yellow's more yellow. They were so much more vibrant than any colors I had ever seen. The air was sweetly fragrant. It was so clean and clear, the grass felt cool to the touch, like on a beautiful spring day. There were birds singing in the trees, and I saw a stream where the water glistened like diamonds in the sun as it flowed over the rocks. I heard music, which was more beautiful than anything I had ever heard before. It was then that I noticed everything had its own pitch or sound. The trees had a sound. The leaves on the trees had their own sound. The grass had a sound. The rocks had their own sound. The water had yet another sound, and so on. And when you take all of those individual sounds and put them all together, it sounded like the most magnificent symphony and choir ever created. And what's even more amazing, everything and everyone in heaven was singing praises to God. It just poured out of every leaf, rock, blade of grass, every bird. It was the most beautiful sound I have ever heard. I can still hear it even now after all these years. It is like a song in the wind. Every now and then I still hear the heavenly music as the breeze blows through the leaves on the trees, carries me back there, and I feel that deep, all-encompassing love again. It heals my soul and my spirit soars. There is no time in heaven, so I have no idea how long it took for each different step of this journey. On the other hand, it seemed like everything happened so fast, and on the other hand, it seemed like time stood still. I began feeling as if I was attached to a giant IV bottle of knowledge. I was being fed all this knowledge, and I didn't even have the words to ask the proper questions. I felt such joy and elation It was one aha moment after another, and it all seemed so simple and so logical. I remember at one point saying with a huge smile on my face, wow, is that all there is to it? That is so cool. God, you are so awesome. We are the ones who make everything so complicated. I saw angels, and they spoke to me, showing me a lake, and in the lake they showed me future events that would take place on Earth, which have, in in fact, taken place. I also remember I looked down the front of my body. I could see that I still had a body, and it looked the same as it always had. I had on the same clothes as before, and I noticed my long blonde hair falling down below my shoulders. I could see my jean shorts and my feet. But I also noticed that my body felt much lighter. It felt kind of floaty. It was not heavy like it is here on Earth. On Earth we are weighed down with gravity. Everything seems very heavy, but there it was a light body. And I also noticed that I was no longer concerned about my body or how it looked or if I fit in or not. I know I keep saying it, but all I felt was huge love and total acceptance. It was so amazing. There were people everywhere. Everyone looked young and no one was sick. Then Jesus walked up to me. He was tall and so beautiful. His hair was dark and wavy and very long down to his waist. His skin was dark. His eyes were a warm liquid brown. And he had a smile that melted my heart. He told me that he loved me and that he had walked beside me every day of my life and that he had never left my side. He told me he never would leave my side, not ever. He told me not to be afraid I just stared at him. I couldn't speak. He was so beautiful. And to think he actually died for me, I I was speechless as he stood there declaring his love for me. Then I moved to the edge of the garden to what looked like a wooded glen. I could see golden sunbeams pouring through the branches of the tall oak and pine trees. And I noticed a log lying next to a stream with little flowers dotting here and there. There were pine needles and a few pine cones scattered about. I went over to the log and sat down, listening to the water as it danced across the rocks. When I looked up, I saw a man sitting on the other end of the log next to me. The air was cool and comfortable, and I could hear the birds singing their sweet songs. I knew the man was God. He had shoulder-length dark curly hair, a neatly cut beard, beautiful blue eyes, and a happy smile. He was about six feet tall, and he wore a white robe and sandals. We sat there on the log together for the longest time, just talking. He had a wonderful laugh and such sparkling, happy eyes. He became silent for a moment. Then he turned, and facing me, he looked into my eyes, and in a quiet, gentle voice, he asked me, What would you do if it were just me and you? I looked at him, not having a clue what he meant, and said, What do you mean? He smiled and was so patient, like a father with a young child, and he asked me again, What would you do if it were just me and you? I looked down at my hands in my lap, and I thought for a minute, and then looked at him again and said, I I don't know what you mean. He was still smiling, and he very patiently said, No parents, no children, no husband, no friends. Just me and you, no one else. Looking into his beautiful face, I shook my head and kind of stuttered, feeling a bit intimidated and unworthy. All of a sudden, I said, "No, I would drive you crazy after the first ten minutes with all my questions and chatter, and then you would not like me very much if it was just me and you." He just smiled at me. He was so patient, so loving, so gentle, and those feelings I had begun—I uh, had begun disappearing. "'So gentle, and those feelings I had begun disappearing. "'He then got up and motioned for me to follow. "'We walked a short distance, "'and then he showed me the whole universe with no one in it. "'No people, no buildings, no cars, no animals, no trees, "'nothing but swirling rainbow-colored gases, "'sparkling diamond stars, and spinning planets. "'It was breathtakingly beautiful, but it seemed so huge.' I never realized how big the universe really was. It seemed like within a second we were back again, sitting on the log by the stream, and he asked me once again, What would you do if it were just me and you? I was at a loss for the right words to say to properly answer his question, and he waited. I found myself looking at a very large oak tree that was in front of me. I saw the details of the trunk and the little life-giving veins and the tender leaves and the roots beneath the ground. What I saw was not just a tree, but the individual parts that made up the whole tree, and I saw how important all these parts were to the life of the tree and how important the tree was to the environment around the tree, and then I could see how all things are connected to each other and that every part was important in its own way. I studied this for a few minutes, feeling that my Noticing this was exactly what God had planned, and that this was a very big part of understanding what God was trying to teach me, and then I answered him. Now, I have no idea why I would have answered him in this manner, since I have never read the Quran in my life. I've never even seen the book, nor do I know anything about the Islam faith, but I said, God, your hundredth name in the book of the Quran is God is everywhere, God is nowhere, and God is in me. He said, yes, that is right, that it is. And I looked at the tree again, then back at him and said, God, you made this tree, you are in this tree, so when I look at this tree, I see you. He looked at me smiling, that beautiful smile, and he said, yes, and... Then I began thinking about my parents. And I said, God, you made my parents. You're in my parents. So when I see my parents, I see you. Again, he said, yes. And he was trying to get me to think further. So I began thinking that there are people in this world who are cruel to others, and there are those who have hurt me, and I don't particularly care for these people. So I said to him, God, there are some people who I don't really care for because they hurt others, but you made these people. You are in these people. So when I see these people, I see you. He again smiled at me, and he said, yes, that is right. He said, now, I have a question for you. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? I looked down again at my hands, and I thought for a moment. My normal response would have been something like, I see me, no one special, just me. But then I looked into his beautiful eyes, and those feelings melted away because of the deep love I saw there. Then I said, God, you made me. You are in me. So when I look in the mirror, I see you. He said, yes, that is right. He seemed so happy, and he was smiling from ear to ear, and I could feel his joy and his deep love surrounding me. I was completely immersed in his love as he looked at me. To me, this was so big. I could feel the hugeness of this revelation. I could feel it just spinning in my heart and mind. I can see the beauty of God so easily in others all around me, but it is much more difficult to see God's beauty in myself. I I find even now I have to remind myself that I am special and I am beautiful. Each and every one of us is special to God. He made us. He is in us. He doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't make junk. To him we are all important. We are all beautiful. He sees us with perfect love we are imperfect beings whom he loves perfectly perfect love makes our souls shine so beautifully what i had to learn was that real beauty shines from deep within the soul external beauty fades with time it does with all of us but real beauty comes from inside and never fades it is internal and external i had to learn that my worth as a human being isn't dependent on what others think of me, or whether they were happy with me or not. I also needed to learn that happiness doesn't come from an external source. In order to be truly happy, it has to come from inside my own heart. To God, I am me. That's all. Just me. And in His eyes, I am perfect, being just me. My worth is in being who God made me to be. I don't have to make everyone else happy. What God wanted me to know was He is always happy with me. What I have to do is be happy with myself and find joy in my life. I have to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks. I need to see his beauty in myself. We finished our conversation. Then we got up and started walking through the forest and were met by two beautiful, ornately gowned women who led me to a calm, serene lake at the end of the wooded area. The two women I knew were angels, and they began showing me what looked like moving pictures of future events that would take place on Earth. What was shown to me were the events surrounding the 9-11 attacks and other terrorist attacks against our country as well as our financial institution crumbling, or better said, our money not being worth the paper it's written on. I was shown silver and gold coins being used to purchase things. Also, they said that in time we would be Going back to the barter system as we had done long ago in the past. They showed me many natural disasters such as earthquakes, volcanoes, tornadoes, and storms, and six huge waves of water covering the land. I saw the ones in Japan and Indonesia and also one in Chile. I also saw a woman in Canada who had a little boy in her car and her car went off the road because of floodwaters and her car was immersed under the water and they were drowning. God sent angels in the form of people to pull them out, but the boy had already passed away. They told me he would survive, however, and he did. She went on to promote a spiritual video series. They showed me the government, how they are destroying the peace of our world and how corrupt they are, and they showed me the darkness that surrounds them. They showed me different governments being overthrown and huge riots in the streets. They showed me one particular riot where someone, a man, was throwing something through a storefront window and there was a building nearby that was on fire. I also heard the sound of gunshots. They showed me the pockets of light that are still left in small sections called safe havens. Mostly these areas are in the mountainous regions. They showed me how to see the dark clouds around the lands to know where the safe havens are located and the last thing they showed me was a silver ribbon splitting the United States apart. I was given knowledge that this rib- ribbon was a river. I am assuming it was the Mississippi River, but they gave me no explanation as to the meaning of this ribbon other than the ribbon gets larger. The truth is, to this day, when these things happen, I am still as shocked and surprised as anyone that they actually happened the way the angels showed me. It's only after the fact that I realize, oh my gosh, that's what they showed me. It seemed so incredible to me. I don't know why they showed me those things. What was I supposed to do with the information? They didn't say. So I just waited to see what would happen next. And when things did happen, as they said they would, I was and still am amazed by them. When I returned from my NDE, I lived in a complete state of bliss or oneness with God for about the first six months. I have a much stronger faith now than before, not religious, but a much deeper relationship with God. I have visions and see, smell and hear spirits. Many relationships have changed. I've divorced and remarried. Right after my NDE, I had a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. At first, I was unable to go into stores or churches or crowded places because I could feel the energy waves of other people, bright lights, loud music and dark colors, and they would make me ill. I seemed to attract lightning. Having been hit four times, twice by ball lightning, twice by lightning bolts. Lights flicker and phone calls drop. Right after my NDE, I had so much energy, I went 11 days with no sleep. I read everything I could get my hands on. I loved everyone and everything. I still do, but I'm a little more careful now. It's been 10 years, so I have adjusted somewhat. That's... (laughs) <laughs> where that concluded. Here's a shorter one. It's called Surrounded by Pure Love. I had an OBE in 1970 at the birth of my first son, and it was rather frightening. I heard the doctor tell my husband and the nurse that the baby was in trouble, and to save, my, save its life, he would have to put me out and take the baby with forceps. My son was posterior and 8 pounds, 4 ounces, I'm rather small and the trauma of the birth resulted in hemorrhaging and my uterus was not contracting to stop the bleeding. I distinctly heard the doctor tell my husband that he could save the baby, but probably not me. I had the sensation of watching from the top of the ceiling. I kept yelling at them not to give up. I wasn't dead, but they couldn't hear me. Then I saw myself being placed in a coffin and the lid shutting. I watched my funeral and after it was over, I saw the coffin with me in it being lowered into the ground. I had the actual sensation of the dirt covering me and the rock falling in my coffin. The next thing I remember is coming to in the hospital bed, very ill and in a very drugged state of consciousness, which lasted for several days. This was very confusing to me, and I considered it a side effect from the ether they had given me. After that, whenever I'd smell ether or strong hospital smells, I'd have a panic attack and faint. My actual near-death happened shortly after the birth of my last son in July of 1979. His birth was very quick and uneventful. Ten days later, however, I had severe cramping and began to hemorrhage again. I made it to the hospital where a DNC and c was performed, but before that happened, I was given several pints of blood. I must have been in a bad way because I was told later that I had been given all the blood in our small hospital and a police car was notified in a neighboring town to bring more blood. Due to the crisis, they administered the blood without cross-matching it. All seemed fine for a while, and then I began having an allergic reaction. My fever shot up to 107. I was covered in plastic sheets, and buckets of ice were dumped on me. I was shaking violently, and my feet were so cold they put heated blankets on them, and some of the hospital staff were holding them down, trying to stop me from shaking so hard. I was in a great deal of pain. Then I felt as if I were beginning to bleed again, and I said to the doctor, I'm bleeding again, and he said, no, you're not. I felt myself leaving my body. It was a very physical experience. The first feeling I had was no pain. Then I found myself surrounded by pure love, and I felt as if I were being embraced by Jesus. I cannot tell you what he looked like, but I knew who I was with. He told me it was not my time to be there, and I should go back. I did not want to do that. I remember seeing my life review, and I I was ashamed. But when I looked back at Jesus, I was greeted with pure love and was guiltless. I asked him how that could be, and he told me that as a mortal, I'd behaved as a mortal, and there was no judgment from him. I then asked him why we were not speaking the way we speak on earth, and he told me that in spirit world, we communicated through our hearts and feelings so that there could never be any misunderstanding. Again, he encouraged me to return because he said that I needed to raise my sons. I told him they had a great father and they would be fine. After all, wasn't free agency a part of his plan? A response of great humor and joy surrounded me, and he said, I'd expect you to argue for your own case. I was overwhelmed by how intimately he knew me. Then he told me that he needed to show me something else. What he showed me was my husband's death. My husband would die four years later in an accident. Upon seeing this, I agreed to return and raise my sons, but not before asking for a promise that I could return. I received that promise. Then he said to me, Remember that all you can bring back with you when you return is the love you give, and life on earth is about loving relationships. I then found myself entering back into my body, opening my eyes, and laughing out loud with joy. After this experience, I asked my doctor if I had died, and his response was, well, you very well could have. I told him a little bit about what had happened, and he said he didn't want to hear it, but that he knew I thought it was real. He and I were very close friends. I forgot about the part of, uh, of my husband's death and when I returned home, when I returned to my body, but six weeks before his accident, I saw it, I saw in a very lucid dream and kept trying to change the outcome. I couldn't. I told my husband about it, and he said, forget it. I'll be fine. It wasn't. And six weeks later, the accident happened just as I had seen it. If you've had a near-death experience and would like, I would urge you to write up the details and submit it to the IONS office at ions.org. There will be uh there it will be archived for further research without your name being used if you so wish. And of course, we are always interested in hearing your story on the air as well. Drop me an email if you'd have if you've had an NDE you'd like to sh- discuss on the show. And if you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of ions and our upcoming conference in Orlando, Florida in July, check out that website. I-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G. Tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.